Hi, I'm Dr. Michelle Lapham, a.k.a. the Drunk Phytologist, and I use the pronoun she, her. I'm Ethan Lapham, a.k.a. Takoon363, and I use he, him. And I'm Christian Venetis, a.k.a. Action Economist, and I use he, him. And this is Natural 20. Natural 20 is a podcast that discusses the lore, history, and biology of Dungeons and Dragons, creatures, and monsters. Natural 20 is also an adult podcast featuring adult language. You have been warned. Finally. Oh, the episode start? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I mean, is that how we start this shit? Okay, yeah, I know. Run. Well, I mean, we've got the intro thing. I that forgot how to do things. This helps podcast work. True. Yeah, you maybe. Just talk. Yeah, I think so. Everybody's just gonna talk over each other. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Fair. Make it very difficult for Matt to do anything with this. Yes. Everyone has three ears. We'll just put one voice in each ear. It'll be perfect. It'll be great. It's the weirdest ASMR you've ever heard. Yeah, I got it. ASMR. <laughs> So everyone, we are back. It's been a hot minute. I had a baby, and that was kind of a thing. They successfully stole a baby from a hospital. Yes. It was great. Exactly. It's quite an achievement. It's perfect yes. heist. Perfect heist. Victimless crime. No, I will. I will. I will say for those who, because uh, I don't think you've shared any pictures of Autumn. Mm-hmm. Only um, a few. Yeah. Only a couple. For those who haven't seen, it is, your baby is about eighty percent cheeks. Yes. Yeah. That's not inaccurate. Mo- most not in the, inaccurate. Mostly in the face, not in the butt. Yes. And I will say that if it weren't for the fact that I'm woefully unprepared to care for any human of any age, I would absconded with your precious infant. Okay. Just <laughs> let you know that. Yes, I, I've, I've got enough data from other people to find that we may have an objectively cute baby. Really true. But luckily for you, yes. I, I don't have the gumption for that sort of theft. So, you know, <laughs> you, get, you get to raise your... That sounds like effort. That sounds like it's effort. It's a lot of effort. Like, I can't it's not about like work and I'm not about So, work. yeah, I suppose you can... Razor to be, I don't know, a Protestant or something. Yeah, boring. I know. It is boring. boring. I'm sorry. Yes. That, 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 Dark Souls run Catholic. Wait. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, please, no. <laughs> Never mind. We're not going there. No, we're not going there. It's a silly place. It's, it's a silly it's place. true. It's true. She's hanging out with her Uncle Pasta right now so we can record things because, surprising no one, she's loud. Yeah, if, if we were to keep her here, she would be the only thing you'd hear. She made sh- she'd make sure of that. Yes, exactly. Here is a strong term for ear-rending shriek. And, yeah. and the worst part is, is when we say ear-rending shriek, we're making her sound like she's disagreeable, and she really isn't. That's her no, happy oh, noise. No, that's, yeah, that's her being happy. Pure ear-rending joy. Like, it, it seems counterintuitive, but sometimes it's hard to tell whether she's happy or mad. And usually it's happy. I'm elated and everyone must know, know about, about it. it. It's true. It's so true. elated, in fact. I've made my own gelatinous cube. <laughs> yes. Oh, segue. Here we segue. go. Segue. Yeah. Very good. The worst kind of segue. The worst yeah. kind of segue. It is the worst. So, yes, we today, we're talking about a classic monster. We're going to go back. We're talking about gelatinous cube. Back to 1974. 1974. The laziest monster design. What if the hallway just tried to eat you? But it wasn't a mimic. It's true. What if the hallway tried to eat you, but it's not a mimic? But it's not a mimic. So we will be discussing gelatinous cubes, but also like oozes of various right. types. Yeah, there's not a deep set of lore here. They no. just went, what if this liquid didn't like you existing? Yeah. What if your pudding pop decided that it needed to eat you? Yes. Instead of the other way around? Exactly. No, I think the pudding pops were always trying to eat people based solely on their mascots and their spokespeople. Well, that's fair enough. Yeah. Fair. The Spanish fly pudding pop, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <Whoops>. <laughs> Um, yeah, that doesn't even sound appealing. Nope, nope. My question for you, gentlemen, is yes. 
how long have there been liquid animals in D&D that are attempting to feast upon adventures? I mean, gelatinous yes. cubes from the beginning, right? Right there. Once you get past, like, into second edition and beyond, we start to actually categorize things. That first, like, monster manual, because, again, you know, Fiend Folio, monster manual, right. these were, like, print them out, put them in your own three-ring binder. Right. These were not meant as, like, the be-all and end-all. You had to make up half of this stuff. Like, that's just, that was life. So, like, everywhere else you get ooze, comma, and then, like, gelatinous cube, black pudding, ochre jet. Like, they're always under just oozes. Right. Original now, version, they're like, no, it's its own unique entity, individually each of them. Were the other, like, oozes and jellies in there from the beginning? Oh, yeah, like black pudding. Okay, so they were jelly, all like that. I wasn't sure there. if only the gelatinous cube was... This is, I, the gelatinous cube, yep, there. Yeah. Gray ooze, counted. Okay. Black pudding in there, and then ochre jelly is kind of the other one. Yeah, top right. of the top of the O's. Yeah, so you don't get to the, like, the really complicated ones, like the ooblexes. That's not until later. Oblex was, was fifth edition. Like, that's brand new. Yeah, that's brand new. Okay, that's uh, Well, I mean, okay, I say brand new. It's sort of just a spin on the whole existing things. So, like, in the original, they're just, like, things that exist. Here's an ooze, and it lives in a dungeon, and it eats the gunk. The original gelatinous cube is like, what if your janitor well, was your dice box? To me, the gelatinous cube is another answer to the question, how does evolution work in a supernatural, natural, magical world? How do things evolve in a predatory fashion when a wizard starts fucking with things? Yes. The classic question, what happened when a wizard did it? Yeah. An ooze. An, an ooze. ooze. And, and the answer is an ooze. And it's because they're, they're filthy, dirty buggers. That's why. I mean, quite literally. Yeah, so like the ochre jelly is in here. A form of giant amoeba. They just come out and say it. It's an right. amoeba that got big. That's it. Like, that's the whole monster. Right. You shoot it with lightning, it divides in half. Which I would have to think that if amoeba got to be the size of a human being, that would be pretty terrifying. I have to I think. I mean, Voyager had a whole episode that was like, what if viruses were flying around and you could see them? Like right. birds. It's Horrible CG in that episode, by the way. Like, I, I love, not to go off on a tangent here, but I love tardigards. I would never want to see one that was the size oh, yeah, of the, an actual bear. No. Yeah, the whole thing with tardigrades. Well, that's, I mean, the, you know, again, in, in Star Trek lore, Discovery deals with the whole tardigrade thing. Spoilers for, like, a five-year-old episode. Yeah, what if a tardigrade, but it was, like, people-sized? So here's just a bear with, with, like, a sucker mouth and just loose on the ship. Right. And then they're, like, bonus. Oh, and it's, oh, by the way, it's extra-dimensional. It's extra-dimensional and indestructible, by the way. I mean, here's another one. Black pudding. Monster composed of groups of single cells. That's foreshadowing for later, everyone, that's, when we get a, to the science part. That's, a, that's also, a very insulting reference to British cuisine, though. True. I was about to say, like, black somebody pudding. just sat around and was like, what's the most disgusting-sounding food in existence? Uh, black pudding? Well, like, yep, that's a monster now. So mm-hmm. one, of, one of the designers went to a pub and just had, like, a really bad meal and decided to take revenge. Like, nope, I mean, we're, could be. we're putting you in our game, and we're making you, like, the most disgusting, slimy thing possible. What's great, though, is that, like, you know, here's, like, gray goo, and here's you know, the gray ooze, here's the, the ochre jelly. They have art. Not right. very good, because, again, AD&D art is right. all over the place. Because right. a lot of it was just, like, some guys in their basement and what they could come up with. Right. And it's in black and white. You got real limited colors yeah, to deal with. All the others have, like, art. The gray ooze, a slimy horror which inhabits subterranean places. Like, there's not deep lore here. Each one has its own, like, oh, lightning hurts this one and doesn't that one. Fire's good on this one, but not that one. Ice is good for one, not another. It's basically like, what if there's this slimy, gross thing that you... Here's a living booger. Fight it with magic. Yeah. But not the same magic every time. No, no, no. Goodness, no. Comically enough, the one that doesn't have any art is the gelatinous cube. 
Yes, because the whole idea was that you couldn't see it. It was literally, it filled the space of the hallway mm-hmm. of the dungeon. And it's funny because in later depictions of it that, that we've all seen recently, they'll show like, oh, there's a skull floating there or a, yeah. like a thigh bone or, you know, something. They show the idea that like, hey, if you see a bunch of, if you see skeletons just sort of floating in the hallway, that could be the remnants of something. Gelatinous Cube, one of the scavengers not uncommon in dungeons. Really funnily worded because yeah. the frequency was uncommon. Cubic form ideal for cleaning all living organisms as well as carrion from the floor and walls of underground passageways. Certain very large cubes are taller, thus making them no longer a cube. But anyhow. That's called a rectangle. <laughs> that called, is called a rectangle. It's called a prism. So as to be able to garner mosses and the like from ceilings as well. Delicious. All you're doing is you're killing the magic janitor. You're kind of a dick for killing gelatinous cubes. Just get out of the way. Let them by. Well, I mean, but the, ma- the to be fair, the magic janitor is also trying to kill you. But that's just it. They're not intelligent. They're just sort of going forward, and if they hit stuff, they eat it. Right. If you just get out of the way. Uh, just get out of the way. Just let them go. I I get the sense that no DM actually ran them that way. Oh, God, no. Uh, Probably I would not. imagine they ran them a bit more predatory, predatorially than that. But at least here, what's interesting, and I, this doesn't really carry forward, like... Gelatinous cubes, depending on addition, sometimes like, oh, like slashing damage does less or piercing does less because it's right. a big jello. Like, big jello, yeah. You're not, bludgeoning's going to hurt it. Sure, you're sure. squishing that jello, but like right. poking it with a toothpick isn't going to do anything. Interesting here, though, they do call out like one, cold damage uh, has no effect unless they fail a saving throw, in which case they are slowed 50% and only deal one to four points of damage as opposed to like 10 or something normally. Because um, then you actually eight. have turned them into a pudding pot. Exactly. But electricity, fear, holds, paralyzation, polymorph, and sleep-based attack have no effect. A lot of those because they are non-intelligent. It is just a big force of nature. Yeah, because the caveat for a lot of those is the thing has to be intelligent in order for you to do stuff like that. Weirdly, like the, the, a lot of the oozes, electricity either like split them in half, dealt normal right. damage instead of double, because magic had weird effects in, in AD&D. But this is just like, yeah, no, just nothing. But yeah, the whole thing is like, they're really hard to see. They had a high surprise stat because the whole idea is like, immediately, like they would pull down the moss on the walls and the bones and things and just dissolve them. Right. There was not something, yeah, there wasn't the floating object like, yeah. oh, yeah. there could be something here. Yeah, it was they, just like, no. no. It was gone. There's this big, just subtle shift of the light. There's a giant pane of glass coming down the hallway. And you had to know... That means death, get out of the hallway. Because really, honestly, if you were to depict that in, like, like if they were to do it in the upcoming movie, because we know there's a gelatinous cube in that movie, but they sort of, they do the modern version where you right. can see the things floating and it's green. Which is not out of line with some of the more modern depictions. Right. That's a horror movie. That's oh, horrific. yeah. Because per- literally a person's just walking down a hallway and then all of a sudden you just see them starting to dissolve as they run into this... Yeah, this like the skin's just peeling yeah, out. Yeah, like, oh. it's like that's, that's nightmare fuel. And, I mean, it's great for the special effects team. Like, this is a very sure. obvious, like, hey, check this out. That's yeah. me. Like, I did the skin dissolving. Like, I did in, the skin dissolving on that one. <laughs> in the gelatinous cube scene. You're like, well, okay, well, that's going to, you know, live with me forever now. I did want to jump... I'm going to skip over 3rd edition and kind of come back to it. I've got, I've got an interesting point there. It's another one, it's sort of like the Shambling Mound, where they give this massive weight that's meant to sound really threatening. Right. Until you do the math. And so, yeah, like, even in 4th edition, they talk about, like, digesting organic material, 
and expelling inorganic material, allowing it to pass through. So, like, in later editions, they're like, oh, it just doesn't eat the armor and kicks it out. Like, instead of it being like, it dissolves which, everything. Which, probably just the excuse for giving them a treasure hoard. But, like, here, like, you start to it's see... It's not like, a treasure hoard, it's literally their refuse pile. They're kicking out the junk they're not going to eat. Barest hint of intelligence, act instinctively, attacking due to hunger, well, using blind sight. It's like it's organic material. They're eating yeah. organic material. Right. Yeah. Right? No. Oh, I'm not like, saying it doesn't make sense. It's not yeah. a rust monster that's eating your armor. Armor. Right? It's organic. It is a big organic thing. It needs organic things to function. See, now, why didn't why didn't some industrious wizard not put a rust monster in a gelatinous cube? I mean, then it's just there's no waste. Hundred percent efficiency. Just, odds are good if you dig long enough across editions, that ooze exists. Somebody, yeah, yeah. there's a, a rust monster. Ooze. Yeah, a rust, a rust monster in an ooze. Absolutely a thing. And so, yeah, like even that's here, called the symbiotic relationship, children. Like the the gelatinous cube in fourth edition is very much like the. It looks like an ice cube. Blue, it's shimmery. There's yep. some skeletons kind yeah, of stuck see, in that's, it. Like, yeah, that's where you see the modern depiction of it. And you get a lot of that. And, like, even 2nd edition kind of did. Now, 3rd edition, and I'll hop to 5th after this, but, like, 3rd edition has, again, like, they try to... It tends to be where I go for a lot of the lore. Like, they... If you yeah, they packed a lot of lore into 3 5 had a lot of lore, and also a lot of monster manuals. Like, in yeah. looking this up, some of the oozes, there's a bunch of them in 3rd edition, are in, like, Monster Manual 5. I'm like, oh, my God, I forgot they were, like... There's a, there's a, a whole... There's a number of... And not, like, oh... The Fiend Folio, as in Monster... No, like, there were five Monster Manuals, right. and then, like, a Fiend Folio, and right. a Compendium of Demons, and... Right, a, it was... It was, it was always it, something. It was before Watsy dialed in exactly how they were going to monetize this to hell and back. Yeah, and, yeah, I mean, people like to yell at 4th Edition for being the, the splat book center. Like, 3-5 was really bad. No, it was pretty too. bad there then, too, yeah. Like, they, they put a lot into that. So, like, again, that sort of blue-green yep. color already there by this point and I think it's mostly just how do you draw a translucent thing and make the art compelling right which is like probably that's the where the green fluorescent green came from so yeah they again they put in like you know all of this is just under ooze and you get you know black puddings elder black puddings you know gelatinous cubes ochre jelly gray ooze and like you know gray ooze they call it that but it's you know this, it looks like a harmless puddle of water or damp stone like it you know, when I hear gray ooze, I think manites. I think gray goo, like all-consuming. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Something more sci-fi than fantasy. Yeah. And, like, here they, they go more fantasy. But all of them give these, like, just what sounds like massive weights. So, like, the gray ooze is one of the smaller ones, and it's 700 pounds. And you're like, oh, wow, okay. And it's like, oh, it's up to 10 That's feet across. Bump. 10 feet across, but it's only 6 inches thick. And it's 700 pounds. And you're like, okay, but it's 10 feet across. Like, that's not horrific. But then you're like, oh... But the gelatinous cube, oh, it's 10 feet on a side, okay? It's already large, great, yeah. got that. And it weighs 15,000 pounds. Jesus. Here's the kicker, though. That sounds ridiculously huge. Yeah. And then you do the math. And it works out to be the density of solid cork. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, yes, there's this big, massive object. It's the size of the hallway, but like... a. It's spread out so much that you really... It's just sort of like gently pawing at you. Like, right. I feel like they wanted it to sound impressive, but then never well, yeah, did like, the math. It's, it's, well, Technically, we, it can float. Which right. is, in its own way, terrifying. Flying. Yeah. Because <laughs> now, it floats like an ice cube. A big, well, I mean, acid that's, ice cube. That's, uh, that's another example. We've seen this before. Of I think the Shambling Mounds was that way. The, the, the developers trying to do something, 
but they don't know how the science works. And so they just sort of made up a number. Spectacularly backfired. That sounds big. Let's do that. Yeah, I'll just do a big number. But yeah, as I recall, I think it was the Shambling Mountain. It was like, oh, it you know, weighs 30,000 pounds. You're like, uh-huh. And then it was like the density of styrofoam. Right, yeah. It was like, wait a minute. Guys, calculators existed in the late 90s to 2000s. Like, this was not... Things that are heavy are heavy. Yeah. Yeah. This was not like an era where you didn't have access to this information. Right. This it's not the internet that brought us density calculations. It's true. Archimedes did this. Yes. And and he would have told you a gelatinous cube floats. It's terrifying because of the acid. The weight is not the problem. Which also, you would argue, probably means it moves very quietly, because it's melting a lot of the organic matter. It's apparently quite light. Is it shuffles across the ground. It just sort of slurps its way through the hallway. Just a ju- it is a, literally just a giant wine cork for the dungeon. Yeah, no, in, in a sense, yeah. We think about and, it like a janitor. It's just the cork. And you're it's, the and you're the Pinot Grigio. Pop open a fresh dungeon. Yeah. Probably. Sniff the gelatinous cube, mm-hmm. and then you know go on about your merry adventure. Pair it with a nice apuave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we get into fifth edition, and like again, still it's just oozes. Like famously is the cube because. Yeah, big slurpy things exist, but right. very few things in nature are cube. Well, I mean that's the thing is like, this is mostly the pop culture reference to the B movie, not the thing, uh, the blob. The blob. The blob. Yes. The blob. It, these are just variations on the blob. Now I will say the basic gelatinous cube out of the Monster Manual Fifth Edition, they do a pretty decent job of the transparency thing. But again, like there's a floating skull, yeah, there's a no, shield. It, there's still debris in there that you can very but it is see. very pale, like white ice sort of color. Like the right. green color is not as present here. Right. I will say they do a great job with the very shorty jellies. Mm-hmm. That looks like an ooze. It's amorphous and yeah, terrifying. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's yeah. But yeah, the, the cube. It's a cube. It is. A it's cube. a big wet. Slippery, slimy cube. Fantastic. It is large, so still 10 feet. Speed's only 15 feet. That's the other thing. You can just walk away from it. Yeah, they're slow. Like a steady moving pace, as long as there's a place to go, the gelatinous cube isn't a problem. Just right, don't well, walk into a well, dead end. Well, okay, but again, the whole idea was it was filling up the entire space of the hallway you're trying to get through. You place those, if you're a DM, you place those in the place in the dungeon where they can't go around it. Right. <laughs> that Again, is, it's the dungeon cork. It's the dungeon cork. You mm. have to go that way, so you um, have to deal with. Gotta it. pop that cork. But it has like an armor class of six. Like you're, they're not particularly hard to hit. No, they're what slow. Are, what's their hit points? I don't know. Eighty-four. Okay. I guess it's only a challenge a, two. It's like only a challenge two. Okay. Yeah. This is that's the thing is like people have this this instinct like they're terrifying because at low levels they are, but right. at high levels you're like. Just barbarian, just slap it a couple times. They're, they're, concept, they're, they're conceptually terrifying. Right. That's what it is. Like, they're not mechanically horrific yeah. and, yeah. like, awful to deal with. They do take up their entire space. They are immune to blind, charm, deafen, exhaustion, frightened, and prone. Sure. Because how do you knock a cube yeah, prone? Yeah, how do you knock a cube prone? Write us now to tell us how you would knock a cube prone. Insert comments here. Passive perception is only eight. They have blind sight up to 60 feet, though. So that's the thing. It's that slow, inerexible enemy. It's gonna keep coming. Which is which is a theme that pops up again and again in, in D&D. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm coming. I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you. But yeah, they, they take up your entire space. Like, that's always the thing. You're like, oh, it's a five-foot square. You're the whole five-foot square. I'm like, no, that's kind of the whole point. It's right. like, the that's reason how... you're making a deck save is you're 
you're not moving far from your spot, just enough to get out of the heat. Just enough to dodge, yeah. Or the, or the reason why you can pass through ally space. Ally space. Like, there's room to there's slide room, by in five feet. Yeah. You just do that. Uh, excuse me, pardon me. Yeah. Oh, excuse me, pardon, oh, me, pardon oh, me, excuse me. Excuse me. Doctor, yeah. doctor. Yeah, in that case. like, ah, no. Whole space. Whole space. All that ten feet. Whole space is mine. All cube. All the time. Which makes me think, like, was there some DM out there who was really kind of a smart ass and made gelatinous cube that was hex shape? The gelatinous D12. Takes the whole space, you're able to engulf entities. But it calls out again with the transparency thing there, kind of bring it back. On creatures inside the cube can be seen, but have total cover. AKA right. you're gonna hit the cube first, but you right. can see that your you know party member is dissolving in there. Just having a nice day at the spa at the end of time. The other thing, and I, I'd have to look it up because I don't know offhand how much resistance and or immunity to acid there is in 5th edition. I don't know if it's closer to fire, because fire is like the most resistant yeah, damage. Yeah, like half all damage is, is uh, resistance to fire. Yeah. yeah. Or is it more like, I think force or psychic are the ones that they, there's very yeah, few things that yeah. are resistant or, I think uh, fire, poison, and acid might be like at the top of that list. Poison, of like poison is the other one that's really. really in fact, I may be opposed. wrong. It may not be fire. It may be poison that's the most resisted and immune. Yeah, those are up there. So the the other interesting thing, because again, it's a ten foot cube, can hold one large creature, back to ten feet, or up to four medium or smaller creatures inside at a time. So that's the other thing is like this could eat the entire standard party. Like you mess up bad enough, it's just going to keep coming. You're all in there. Fighting that DC 12 strength check, and the creature making the attempt just eats 3d6 acid damage. In being in the cube, you're just constantly taking acid damage every round. It's just happening. They right, because it's basically one giant cube of acid. Correct. The cube is in plain sight. It takes a successful DC 15 perception check to spot a cube that has neither moved or tapped. The creature entering the cube space while unaware the cube is surprised by the cube. Also, how often do you get to say someone's surprised by a cube in any game? I mean, fair... It's a great statement. It's true. And it's one Actually, of those things. There's not a lot of things that are resistant or immune to acid. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's not psychic or uh, force. But it's definitely on the lower end of the list. It's on That's the lower surprising. end of the list. It's on the lower end of the list. So the gelatinous cube is out there, but it's very much like, oh, it's unintelligent. It's not something you're going you're gonna to deal with fighting a lot of. It's not a, a major problem. Except when it is. Depending on which edition, like, oozes either just are a thing that exists, or they can also be aligned with some of the, like, demon lords. And then the other interesting thing is, depending on what edition you're in, some of them are aligned with Zundmoy, who is the demon lord of, like, decay. Right. And very fungal-related. And this is specifically demons, not devils. Correct. Right. Because there is a delineation in, in D&D, you are correct. But then, eventually, the oozes get their own... Deity, effectively. Right, in, yes. In, in Demon Lord being Jublex. When Jublex shows up in a place, any nearby oozes become intelligent. And actually, in Out of the Abyss is Globagool. Yeah. You know, really, sometimes yeah. people are not watching what they're doing over there at Watsi. <clears throat> and that's when you get stuff like, like this. Globagool. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, the default gelatinous cube. Their int is one, you know, minus five. No, no, no. Glabagool has an intelligence of ten. 
Ah. The same intelligence as a commoner. So he's an idiot. <laughs> right. It's just some kind of cool. But add to that telepathy up to 60 feet. Right, okay. And if you treat Glabagool decently, it will follow you around the dungeon. Okay. And it will eventually, if you were nice enough to it, it can block off passageways because other oozes won't attack it. They see it as friendly. Okay. But if you become friends with it, Glabagool's body contains a mace with, along with 14 electrum. And well, now that's the most offensive part of all. And the, and the mostly digested body of a drow. So he brings his own snacks. Sure, yeah. It's already better than half the party. Just bring them to a movies. He, it will disgorge items for characters if they win its trust. Amazing. So you're like, hey, check out a mace, this common magic item. Which, I really uh, have, I really have to know what he's saying to people telepathically, though. Right? Gloop, 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 gloop. So if, if you, if you gloop. do game, game... He speaks French, how dare you? Gloop! Right. <laughs> yeah, he learned French after he dissolved a drow. Yes. We oui, we oui, gloop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We ha ha. We ha ha. The common magic item, uh, the the mace, uh, while attuned, you can use an action to make the head of the mace alight with green flame. Green flame. Green flame. Yes. Or extinguish it with an action when the mace is lit in parentheses. So apparently, when the mace gets crunk. Right. Yes. It glows as brightly as a torch. Yep. I don't know why lit is in parentheses here. I mean, if it if it lights up with flame, it is lit. Yeah, it's not... The emphasis quotes are not really needed here. You know? But yeah, Glabagool, once again, the very green, with just two little eyeballs yep. in there. Oh, uh, how nice. Slorping along with you down the, the oozing temple. Hey guys, what are you looking at? Gloop. So that kind of brings you into the whole demon lord thing. And yeah, Dreeblex and Zugtmoy apparently have like a, a nemesis relationship, but it's like a nemesis with like the nosy neighbor that... You know, tells you their lawn's better than yours. Is it like they secretly want to fuck? But like, it's kind of like yeah. it feels like that's what they're hinting at. Right, right. Like it's, it's very, very much on that level of like relationship. Is this what we're doing here? Like, is, is this what's happening? And so it's the type of thing where, like, as you go digging through into the some of the lore, Dreeblex shows up in I think it's Morton Canyon's Tome of Foes here. I want to say it was okay. Or, but also in like Volo's Guide, I think is reprinted, and like things like the Oplex, where yeah, yeah. Now you have a, a an actual sentient ooze who is making everybody's day worse. Because now they have tactics. Presumably. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because now you're talking you know, in 14. 14? They're, now, not just see, that's... Around, they're just walking around handing out maces now. Like, they're an actual threat. No. Now, now they're a capitalist. Now they want to sell you that mace. That's right. Or get you into the pyramid scheme to where you can start selling those maces to other people. And then you can convince them to sell maces to other people. And then you're at the top, and, you, and it's just nothing but windfall for you. That's right. Yeah. And then the feds want to knock on your door. But when they do, you just slurp back and into the sink. And then you just slurp back into the sink, and it's, listen, it's a foolproof. It's a foolproof business plan, okay? It really is. It's all there. Yeah, so this is like, what if an ooze, but a mind flare? That's the whole bit with all waxes. Right, like, yeah, they're... Yeah, they've they're, got mind flare juju. So, like, they eat memories. They don't require sleep. But they are averse to fire. I've experienced many uh, many jellies in my time, and I would probably say that, yes, they probably don't like fire that much. So here, yeah, you wouldn't want to heat your pudding pop. It tends to, tends to melt. No, not unless you want a very sad scene on the sidewalk. They're, honestly, like, there's not a ton of lore to oozes themselves. Right. It's all of the, like, ancillary bits around the ooze. To be life. perfectly honest with you, I'm kind of surprised that they even went with the whole... Demon pudding in the first place, 
I, I wouldn't have expected that. It's got beef with some other demon. And depending on addition, some oozes fall under Zugtmoy, not Jubilee. It I mean, it's just it's addition to well, addition. Listen, it's listen when the break when the breakup is is as nasty as that. Sometimes the kids really have to take sides. <laughs> right. It gets a everybody hates Thanksgiving. Everybody hates Thanksgiving. Mostly the person being eaten, but, you know, I'm just, I'm just picturing, like, a bunch of oozes around a dinner, dinner table with just a screaming human on there. Like, hey, can you shut up for a second? We're trying to have an argument here. here. Yeah, exactly. And now for the airing of the grievances. Yeah. yeah. Welcome to Festivus. Welcome to Festivus, Pudding Pop Edition. Oh, right, that's why I had this. The Slithering Tracker. In case the, the Mind Flayer intelligent ooze was not really your bag, okay. why not the Slithering Tracker, which oh, is I like the... That. I'm trying to think of what movie that was that had like the, the bad guy was like made of water. Like the living water is a science fiction thing. It was not the Invisible Man, but it was something like that. I'm trying to remember what that movie was now. But it had the face on like the long suit of pod. Are you talking about The Abyss? It might be. Yeah, it wasn't the bad guy Yeah, okay. in that movie. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, this yeah. is that. Like that that is the art that they give you. It's very much like the gross face on a long tendril. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like but it's is it made of blood? Is that the idea? So apparently in a quest for revenge, leads one to undergo a ritual where they transform their body into a semi-liquid sentience known as a slithering tracker. Innocuous and insidious at the same time. It flows into places where a normal creature cannot go and brings its own brand of watery death. Oh, so it's trying to drown you. And they're, you know, vulnerable to cold and fire, but then resistant to, like, any non-magical weapons. Can't be blinded, deafened, prone, unconscious, petrified. Sure. Blindsight out to 120 feet. Like, it's the ultimate killing machine. It, it's the T-1000. But yeah. it just never makes a human body. But if it just was all just, liquid shalorp yeah. metal. But it can be defeated by a sponge. Yeah, pretty much. It doesn't even have to be an evil sponge. No. I mean, realistically speaking. Yeah, we all loved Adult Swim back in the day. Okay, right. <laughs> and I mean, these things are pretty nasty. Like, they're—that's the weird thing. This is a challenge rating three, but their stat block is like half a page. Because like, check out all these special all features. These, all these things they can do. Yeah. You know, false appearances, where it's indistinguishable from a puddle. Like, it can spider climb. It can hide in water. It leeches. It, like it, it life leeches. Someone really earned their paycheck on that one. Yeah, someone's like, listen, it's only a challenge three. It's just a little ooze. But we're just going to pack it full of features. But it's like the worst ooze imaginable. Yeah. How do we make this ooze? Was that one also supposed to be intelligent as well? I believe so. Like, the whole, because like, it's able to, like, track down its right. enemies yeah, so and, like, have to think it's hunt something. them for it's got sport. Uh, for vengeance. It's only an int of ten. Okay. Honestly, like, this thing's kind I'll, of stacked. That's like, I... Einstein level. Like, it's, it's got an int of 10, a charisma of 11, but a whiz of 14, a con of 15, a strength of 16, right. and a dex of 19. Flows like water, so yeah. I mean, it's got an AC 14 with no armor. It's coming out as have huge. You, listen, have you tried to beat the shit out of water? It's difficult. I'll make sure you use cold or fire for some reason. It's yeah. longer with us. Well, How dare you heat the again? Again, I would, argue, I, I would argue that most things are vulnerable to fire, but you know, with enough fire, everything's vulnerable. Everything to fire. is vulnerable. <laughs> the, the heat death of the universe for a reason. Every, you know, in, in a in a world full of charcoal, everything's a stake. Every problem's a stake. That got away from me. It's yeah, no, not your best work, I'm, I'm but, sure but I appreciate you. <laughs> is there lore to just an well, extant I mean, the thing form is, of again, the, of, like? 
decay in the universe. Not this, really. This, this is this is the this is a reference to a pop culture thing. They don't have a huge well of folklore and whatnot no. to pull from, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, there isn't. There isn't any folklore. I can Somebody find. spilled their drink and the ice cube lined up to the grid. And they're like. What if a cube attacked you? What if a cube attacked you? Now, like, that was pretty much it. Now, ooze-like thingies exist, which sure. we will talk about in a minute, but not like folklore kind but of thing. Yeah, to me yeah. that out of all the things, like, at least the other jellies and things, I'm like, these are just things that exist in dungeons. Enough slimy things come, and, like, the whole thing with Jublex is, like, he has part, part of the plane of water used to be his domain, but the elemental plane of water was like, your water's all gross and nasty. Right. Put it someplace else. And he's like, well... I guess I'll go down to the abyss and be a demon. Get out of the pool, goddammit. Like, pool's closed. It's all just ooze now. It's nasty, slimy, gross water. Is is Jublex the part of the pool where the kids kept peeing? Maybe. But then the pee came to life. And now has initiated the blood war. And there's a crossover, apparently, with Orcus. That, like, when the devils came in, they built a big iron city. Well, okay, but that's... And so Orcus got together with Jublex, and they're like, what if we made... An iron melting acid. So here's your rust monster acid. Yeah, there you go. Creature. Yeah. And they're just like, we're just gonna melt this whole metal city thing, and we're gonna leave it all rusty and gross. And be like, look what we did. Here's here's a big middle finger to the devils. Or- Orcus is very industrious with his chaos. So it's true. That's I, that tracks as far as I'm concerned. So yeah, there's all these like again like mold lore and things. It's like they're adding this ooze, and they're like, okay, this one gets lore. All the lore you can come up with. Has 18 hiding places that are like little bits and pieces, and like a demi plane of, of muck and mire and grossness. What if all the food that you ran down your disposal came back up the disposal alive and was like, hey, what up? I'm yeah. in your house now. And you're like, okay. Well, that's This happened. That's not ideal. We're going to give some more to that, but there was never like, oh, a wizard came along and slammed a bunch of oozes together and filled a hallway with it and was like, this will stop adventurers from getting in, and then they multiplied. Like, there's not even that level of lore. There's not even a wizard did it. It's just like, yeah, sometimes they become cubes so they can get up and eat the moss. There is a point where you just assume a wizard did it, though. Sometimes they don't have to write it. I refuse to believe that there isn't some weird magus out there somewhere that didn't fuck around with oozes and jellies. Maybe I shouldn't go this. Go down this road. Just shove all the oozes together. Put them all on one side. Just slurped them all into like one corner of the dungeon. It was like there. This will be fine. Board this up. Nothing could go wrong. And then just left. And then all the acid and the oozes like just combined. And they're like, and I ate the wood. Yeah. And I went looking for more. They made a pudding pop with an owl's head. Yeah. There you go. So there's science to all of this. <laughs> yes, there is. If we talk about ooze-like creatures in real life. I will have what I'm calling liquid animals. We will sure. discuss both of those. It just sounds like 90s marketing. It's it Liquid animal. But we'll get there eventually. So first we're going to talk about slime molds. Because that okay. was the closest terrestrial on-land organism, z- organisms z- z- that yeah. I could think of that are kind of like your gelatinous cube, your oozes, like right. that. And slime mold just sounds like a scientist that was like, what about the grossest thing in a bathroom? Okay, it is true. And then name it even worse. It is true. And the weird thing about slime molds is, is that it is a catch-all term for like five different groups of organisms. At some point, they look slimy and right. they make spores. So this is the catch-all bucket name for things that would be growing in the bottom of a bucket. Yes. Meta-level scientist humor. Because they make spores, folks are like, they're fungus. The problem is, is they move, like, faster than a fungus. 
like amoeba, but kind of, but not really. For a long time, they thought that they were fungus, and now they figured out, now they're not fungus, but they're not a plant because they don't have chlorophyll, but they move kind of like an animal, but they make spores, and animals don't make spores. So what we're going to do is we're just going to put them in the kingdom of protists, which is the catch-all kingdom of we don't know where they belong. We don't know what you are. We don't know what you are. You are a weird animal-adjacent, fungus-adjacent thingy. Other protists are animal-slash-plant-adjacent thingies. And we're just going to throw you in there and forget about it. Slime moles just want to be invited to every party. Yes. There are over 900 species. They occur on every single continent. You will find them in snow. You will find them in deserts, right? You will find them in the bathroom. You will find them in your lawn. You will find them in any sorts of forest. You will find them in a chair. You will find find them them up the stairs. You will find them on a goat. You will find them on a boat. Boat. Yes. We will not eat green slime mold and ham. Ham. Nope. There are two major types. There is just the, just two. Yeah, <laughs> of the nine hundred. And I will say this is very broad. So as I said, this, that, this that argument is the most preposterous thing out right. of all of it. Well, and the weird part is the weird part is is it's like these are such broad categories, right? Oh, it's fair like enough. very very vague. Yeah. So then where two. it's the there's the ones that are more slime and the ones that are more mold. Ones that like Coke and ones that like Pepsi. Yes, and it's it's really weird because they all have when they're little, they all start their life as a spore. And then they hatch out of the spore and they become a swarm cell. And this is a little cell that has a little flagella tail and it swims around. And if it finds another swarm cell... They love each other very much. And they love each other very much. They combine into a new organism. There are two different ways they can do this. They are either the cellular type or the acellular or, uh, or plasmodemonium. And so that's the big ones that we so used to see. So cellular or not. Cellular or not. So either... They're individual cells that for some reason, and no one knows why, they all get together and have a party. And they move like one organism, but they're actually still all individuals. This usually happens when food is good. There's lots of food, there's lots of resources. And what they do is they invite their buddies over for pizza. Everyone comes together. They have a big orgy. They make spores. And then they start over and then they go off on their merry ways. Usually those slime molds are very, very small. We usually can't see them with the naked eye, even when they're all congregating. Sure. You know, well, they like their privacy. They, they like their privacy. When they have the Yeah, exactly. Right. The kind that we usually see are the ones that are like, we did not go far enough with the party. Okay. Yeah, so so the, the cellular ones are the frat house. Yes, the cellular ones are the frat house. The plasmoid ones are the commune. Yes. Take your... Hippies. Yeah, hippies. So yeah, well, it's, it's that there's no longer separate entities. It's just there's one no, super entity. Yeah, right? so what they do is they join together and they form a gigantic amoeba. It's multinuclei. When, when you say gigantic. I'm saying... Visible with the naked eye. Visible with okay, the naked so eye. Slime, slime mold size varies from, you cannot see it is so small, to the size of a football field. And that's one entity. That's one, one entity. Organism, one organism. Many nuclei, right. one cell. One big membrane, they call them a supercell. They are frequently observed as threads of slime. They look on like rotting wood or something like that. And they look like a network of sort of interconnected filaments that slowly moves as a unit. What if a lightning bolt that could move over land and eat things? And then it lands in Stephen King's backyard. Yes. And he can't get rid of it even when he jumps into the bathtub and then he shoots himself in the head. This is a very obscure reference to Creep Show. Yeah. Nobody else is going to get it. But that's okay. Some jokes are just for you. Sometimes they're just for me. 
So usually these kinds of slimes are the ones that people see and that they're commonly on forest litter, rotting wood. They are decomposers, but what's weird about them is they're not actually eating the decaying matter. They're okay. eating the bacteria that's eating the, the decaying oh, matter. Oh, okay. Talking about a pyramid scheme. So they, they're predatory. They're predatory. Right, they're predators. Yes. They, they eat like bacteria, the they eat fungus. They're just like, it's organic matter. I mean, I would argue that D&D mm-hmm. uses are predatory, but they're just really lazy about it. Yes. They're wanting you, then, you want, they want you to come to them. Mm-hmm. I'm going to open my mouth. I'm going to need you to walk. I'm just going to open my mouth and just, I want you to just walk, walk, wander in there. These types of slime molds, they move like an amoeba. They can be white, yellow, orange, or red. Although oh. the color can vary depending on the temperature and pH and what they eat. I was going to say, is there any significance to the color? Mm-hmm. The one very common slime mold that almost everyone sees, right? There's sort of this bright yellow kind of color. That is a common one that folks see regularly, and that one is... Is that the one with the hilarious name? Yes, it's the one with a, a very common slime mold. Philigoseptica looks like dog vomit or scrambled eggs. It is called, uh, it's called, it's quite literally called a dog, dog vomit slime mold. And now you'll never look at scrambled eggs the same way again. No. You say that. Others, My capacity for shutting out terrible, terrible ideas is <laughs> magnificent. Magnificent. Others resemble sort of a network of veins or some have sort of a fan-like mm-hmm. shape. The one I think of is the very like. Yes. That, that's the like. I think you had the picture up from the the wiki page that was the These, lightning bolt. The sort lightning of bolt. Look. Right. Kind of yeah. It's like a long look. veiny tendrils mm-hmm. over the right. ground. That's another common sort of shape. But they can transform from this amoeba-like phase, which is moving around and eating and doing stuff, to a fungus-like phase where they produce spores. Now, that's usually they stop moving. They grow little fruiting bodies that have sort of like a capsule at the end that's full Mm -hmm. of spores. Mm -hmm. And then those are... Poof! Yep, poof. And those are released into the wind. That is when things are not going well. Oh, so that's the emergency button. That's the emergency button. They found that the spores can still, like, if they're under favorable conditions, can still germinate or, like, grow again after 75 years. Oh, wow. So they can they can be lie dormant for, yes. like, 75 years? Yes. So you, you panic, fart out children's seeds, and right. wait a century. So Right. Well, but the other thing is, like, so this is essentially two radically different forms of reproduction. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. that's weird. There's a group that studied slime molds for, like, a gentleman who studied, like, 40 years and, like, his different students and stuff. They found a slime mold in the U.S. that's genetically identical to one in New Zealand. They have no idea how it got there. Based off of research that's been done with slime molds, they think they might be immortal. I mean, yeah, okay. Because if they can lie dormant for 75 years, why can't they lie dormant for 7,500 years? Like, at a certain point... And if even if you break up a slime mold because it's you know in that big sort of cell or whatever it just breaks into other little cells and goes somewhere else now you have many slime molds unlike in D&D where it's like okay i've smushed the ooze and it Do is you now want slime molds because that's how you get slime molds it, which, and that's like first. a classic trope in a lot of gaming right. that have oozes is like you hit it the first time it's big right. and, and then it splits, splits and, two, and now you've got and you got to fight two yeah. of them and then those split in two and then like maybe you kill it Depends on the game. Yeah. Right. In this case, you do not kill it. 
It's just now very small and right. no longer threatening. It, correct. Yeah, and maybe that's true in a lot of these games. It's like it's represented as like you've defeated them, like but or really, no you just, a threat. really you just mm-hmm. you just smashed it to small enough size that it's not going to be right attacking you. But anymore. they will go off on their merry way, and then they'll probably form together and have another party orgy thing. Right. You know, and again, later. like T one thousand, you back it up, so blows up, meet up back at Steve's place. Right, yeah, meet up yeah. with Steve's place. Yeah. yeah, this is where they get weird. Wait, this is where they get weird? Yes. <laughs> what? So. Well, we've only been in the foyer of weird. We've, we've only, only been, been in the, the foyer of normality here up until this yes. point? We've, we've come to the foyer of communista protista. Okay. Yes. We right. must now go into the grand right. hall. Okay, hit me with it. What, um, okay, where does it get weird? Slime molds can figure out mazes and puzzles. Really? They do not have a brain or a nervous system. Sure. We don't know how they do it. But there had been a study out of Queen's University not that long ago where a slime mold is fantastically efficient at finding the quickest route to food. Salim Akel basically made a map, a maze of Canada, mini Canada. Little Canada. And put... It's just down the road. Yeah, it's just down the road, yes. Put a slime mold culture over Toronto. And it grew its way across the Canadian map towards food. That mimicked the Canadian highway system and found the most efficient way to get there. Now, to be fair, that is probably because all the Canadians were being very polite and giving it directions. I mean, it could be. Other people have tried this in Japan, UK, US, same thing. Same things happened. They tried yeah. it in Miami and they yes. got shot in the head. Exactly. You know, threw out some spores, waited a couple weeks, came back and kept going. And kept going yeah, again. and so even though it's not a plant or an animal, even though it kind of looks like fungus, it is a soil-dwelling amoeba, it is brainless, Single-celled organism, but has multi, multiple nuclei. And they can come in every color of the rainbow that we've talked about. And they have sort of strange and, con- and sort of sophisticated shapes. Because we talked about the, like, veiny ones. Right. We've talked about the sort of, like, scrambled egg ones. Right. But there's ones that look like honeycomb and other ones that look like blackberries. And they sort of are these little bulbous masses. look like snozzberries. That's right. Right. The, the weird thing is, is not only because... Again, you keep saying the weird thing right. as if we haven't already been trudging down Well, it's path because before. they can, they not only can solve mazes, they will escape confinement for food in, like, laboratories. So you sure. talked about me, talk about the slime nuts. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say, like, <laughs> this sounds very familiar. Right. Yeah. It's the, you know, I have the slime mold in a Petri dish. I come back to the Petri dish the next day. The slime mold is gone. It is left to go someplace else. It is the octopus of Basically. No. No, it's like... That's a tautology. They can learn schedules so that if they know where food is usually given, they will show up there. They will grow over to where food is. Okay. And for some reason, they love oatmeal more than anything. Okay, so I'm a slime mold is what you're saying. (laughs) For some reason, I rolled oats is the thing. Gently slurp my way out of bed towards rolled oats. Yeah, like that, yeah that gently slurp my way to bed over to rolled oats. And even if you rip them in half, the halves will continue to grow independently and will also go and find the oatmeal. They will okay. remember how to find it. So really what Goldilocks needed was not where the three bears lived, but to find some slime mold. Sure. Yeah, to, no. Know, get, yeah. The, get the porridge at the right time so it's always warm. Right. Have a comfy place to sleep. 
According to researchers, they're not really about work because they will find the most efficient way to get to a goal. Again, sounds just like me. Okay. Yeah. And so they're saying maybe we could use that to help make algorithms that are more efficient because for some reason, this entity that right. doesn't have a nervous system or a brain can do it. Right. <laughs> Better. Is this, I mean, you could argue that slime molds are just humanity. This is, this is just a sort of a layman's speculation here. Is this just a way of us figuring out that maybe there's other ways towards intelligence at some point? Right. Like no, this thing I know. Is like incredibly smart. It just it does it doesn't fit any criteria of what we know of as intelligence, and that's why we can't recognize it as being like intelligent. Energy efficient. <laughs> Clearly, it is. You know, mm-hmm. tracks down food at long distances. Yeah, yeah. For specific definitions of long distance, keeps schedules. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing a basic city anywhere on the planet. Its top speed is only like one millimeter per hour. It's still mobile. It's still mobile, and it will eventually get there, and it knows where to go. And it, that's faster than a lot of other single-celled organisms. Single-celled, quote-unquote. So I wanted to share that of the, no one knows what slime molds are. We don't know how they work. How long have we not known what they are, how they work? Since, when was the first one discovered? Ah, ooh, that's a good question. Because like that starts to get me back to like, okay, how did this end up in D and D? Like, I I could see mm-hmm. where you'd be like a cube, like oh, I put a D six down on a on a battle mat because again, you know, this is war gaming. Right. Like, yeah. I so, could see where a cube as an enemy filling a hallway is like, that's a very Gygaxian solution to like right. yeah, parties are slipping past entities that are sleeping in the hallway by like carefully moving. You can't carefully move around something that no. fills the hallway. Fills the hallway. Yeah. Okay, where do we get to, like, the ochre jellies and black... Like, okay, black pudding could also just be a pun on British cuisine, but, like, ochre jelly, gray ooze, like, where do you go? Yeah, okay, mold has existed, but it generally doesn't move. Not quickly. Not as far as we understand. Yeah, well, it's like, because fungi will grow out their network from wherever they land, and they just become larger and larger, and they grow their network versus... But this is not growth. No, they get up and move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, This is... Slime molds first came to scientific fame in the mid-20th century. Put Um, it on par with D&D, like the folklore and science and myth, like there's a lot of that in there. Yeah, Princeton biologist John Tyler Bonner learned of a North American species of slug-forming slime mold called, very long name, I'm not going to pronounce Yes, very long name um, in Latin. And, yeah, and began to raise them in his lab. And he wanted to think of it as, like, a simple analog. He thought that's how, like, animal embryos worked in, like, amoebas and stuff. And then later we're like, no, this is, like, a totally different thing. He found so that the... was like, no, it's totally different, you idiot. Right, exactly. Then found that the organisms respond to starvation by, like, rushing together to form this sort of single blob that would then go and leave to go, to go somewhere else that didn't suck, basically. They well, were farm together. So they were trying to leave New Jersey. That was, like, I mean, that was fate number one. It's like, Fair. oh, no, the Applebee's is closed. All right, let's all go to Chili's instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd be curious what, if they give us, like, an initial year uh, of discovery. I mean, mid-20th century is in the 50s. Yeah. Generally speaking, yeah. So. Which puts it only, like, a couple of decades behind uh, the beginning of D&D, so. Right. So, it, uh, like, it, it's plausible that maybe that, that this was something that was at least somewhat in the, mm-hmm. the general consciousness. And, and we sort of talked about things like... The thing, or you know, the blob that like their pop culture more than I still feel like that's probably the primal and like the blob was 1958. Yeah, Yeah. so I just found a paper that actually then leads to the question 
what is what was the inspiration for the blob? Slime molds was yeah. the inspiration for the blob. Yeah. I did find a paper by Dr. Bonner that I just mentioned. Okay. A brief history of cellular slime molds is that the original, like the big kind, were even mentioned by Aristotle 3,000 years ago. Oh, okay. But the cellular version, the ones that sort of get together and have a big party but are still individuals, the frat house version frat that we've house, talked yeah. about, were only discovered 140 years ago. 140. 140. Yeah. But that's probably because they're real small. Yeah, they're really small, hard to find. Yeah, yeah. really small, hard to find. More work was done with them as microscopy became a thing in the 19th century. When folks, because initially folks are like, oh, that's just a fungus. It makes fruiting bodies, it makes spores, it's a fungus. And it wasn't until... You can really get in there. Right. Microscopy came to think, they're like, oh no, this is a whole nother... There started to be a bit more discrepancies between right. different groups and stuff. When they started to say that slime molds are a thing, we don't know what they are. 1869, a German mycologist, Oscar Brefeld, was studying different types of fungus and fruiting bodies and stuff like that and did some more careful study of this fungus that didn't have any hyphae. Because I said all fungus have these sort of hyphae. They make this sort of interconnected root-like. network, root-like network. And it's like, this looks like a fungus, but it acts like an amoeba. And so he's the first person to actually like really be like, hey, this is maybe a different sort of thing. Maybe this is neither. Maybe this is neither. So, yeah, I did, I did look it up because we've mentioned the blob a couple of times. I pulled yeah. it up. It was in 1950. Four Philadelphia, Pennsylvania policemen re- reported discovery of a domed disc of quivering jelly, six feet or 1.8 meters in diameter, one foot 30 centimeters thick at the center, and an inch or two near the edge. When they tried to pick it up, it dissolved into an odorless, sticky scum. Mm-hmm. This incident inspired the 1958 movie The Blob, and they refer to it as star jelly or astral jelly, a gelatinous substance found on grass or even on branches of trees. According to folklore, deposited on Earth during meteor showers. Described as a translucent or grayish-white gelatin, which evaporates shortly after having, quote-unquote, fallen. Reports of the substance date back to the 14th century. And it's like, you know, an instance of unidentified star jelly on a species of moss. And it's like, okay, you look at that picture, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, that could be a slime mold. That could be a slime mold. That's, yeah. yeah. Anyway, it's, it's white. As I said, there's so many sort of different, and they can be white. There's so many different yeah. types of them. Right. I've had people send me pictures. I'm like, oh my God, there's this weird thing in my yard. And it's a picture of a slime mold. So unlike the gelatinous cubes and the oozes uh-huh. in D&D mm-hmm. that will try to hurt you, these things are completely harmless. Okay. In every way. So you save it. They, unless they, you're bacteria. Unless you're bacteria, you're good. They do not cause diseases on plants or turf. They will sometimes use leaves and stem to grow as, you know, surfaces to grow on and grow out on. They're only eating the bacteria and other stuff that's on there. If you want to get rid of it, which I'm like, they're cool and shame on you, but you're not actually killing it. If you dry out the area or break it up, you know, they will go back into spore form. Call the cops. Call the cops. You can capture them, put them in a petri dish and bring them in the house. But as we've discussed they, before, they'll escape. They, they will escape. escape. They can't escape. And raid the pantry. But otherwise, they can be grown indoors as a science project. They're actually really easy to take care of in general. Yeah, you um, give them oatmeal at the same give time. Them yeah, yeah, apparently you just give them oatmeal, oatmeal at the same time. good to go. Yes. Feed the spore. <laughs> yeah, feed, feed the, the slime mold before the spores all over the house. Yeah, exactly. I think they're fascinating. As I said, they don't, they don't harm anything. You, right. will, you usually will see them... Because they feed off of bacteria that are, do, that are breaking down rotten stuff. You see them in forests most often. 
forests, rotting logs. So, like, arguably, leaves. they would be preserving things from being decayed if they were able to eat all the bacteria. It's true. Yeah, they are part true. of they are part of this sort of ecosystem recycle recycling. Usually, when you see them in urban areas, they're in mulch, or in some damp, low spot in somebody's yard, because that swarm cell when they're babies, they need water. To right. be able and to swim around. Yeah, so you get a yeah. Lot of mulch, yeah. And so because of that, it's it like the moisture and it's, right. Yeah. Yes, there are some that live in arid re- regions that are more specialized, but generally the ones that you're going to see nearby and around your house, right, yeah. are going are going to be in the low kind of swampy part of your yard or some mulch. And as I said, they don't hurt anything. That is your book report. My book report on slime mold. On slime mold. The closest thing we have to cube-like organism. When I was talking about liquid animals, mm-hmm. what I'm referring to is jellyfish. There are what are called box jellies. So there are true jellies, and then there are box jellies. They evolved separately, but they have a similar sort of design. Imposter jellies. Imposter jellies. There are a lot of things that are called jellies, and there's some specialized ones, but we'll refer to the ones that you think of that are floating through the sea. They are bell-shaped. They are a dome. They have tendrils. They have stinging cells. You don't want to swim through the tendrils. You don't want to swim through the tendrils. There are only a few that will actually kill or really hurt a human. It'll sting. It'll It'll be not fun, but you're not going to die. Unlike slime molds, they are not smart. They do have a nervous system, but it is very passive. They are 95% water and just a little bit of other tissue to like hold that water. Barely an organ. They're barely an organ. They really are. There's the bell, which is the top, the dome part. That's sort of the epidermis. There is the inner sort of like nervous system, quote unquote, you know, rudimentary one. You've got the tendrils, which just grab whatever, whatever stuff just is floating through, it, yeah. through that have the defensive stinging cells. And then there's the gastrointestinal system, which is the stomach and the, and the testament in one. And the mouth and the anus are also in one. There's just one hole so for everything to go in So they talk a lot of shit. Is they do. Saying, yeah. They <laughs> do. And that's it. They're really, really basic. Me at the beach. Talk about the box jellies. Yes. Drifting. Drifting. Twitter floats by. Like, that's me. Go yes. on. But, like, the box jellies. Yeah. Just living your Homer Simpson dream, right? It's yeah. true. It's true. They are vibing. They don't yeah. have a whole lot going on. Overall, there's only a few that are real dangerous, and they float they move real slow they're pretty easy to avoid if you know what you're doing the size can range from very tiny like less than a centimeter to over six and a half feet in diameter for that bell which means that the weight is somewhere between an ounce to 440 pounds that's kind of a wide variance that's a that's a lot it's a lot now, what's interesting is we talked about how the slime molds we think are maybe immortal. Jellyfish only only live between maybe a few hours to at the most a couple years. Really, a few yes, hours. There's some that only live a few hours. It's well, true. again, they're barely an organism, so. Box jellies, does that include things like the Portuguese Man of War and some of those? Are no, that the same group or is that, it something different? They are sometimes referred to also sea jellies, but they are actually a totally different thing. All these We're jellyfish. We're going to be talking about them, okay? No, we will right? be. Don't worry. Not talking about them. Not yet. No, not, not yet. yet. I will. These jellyfish are still an organism. It's one yeah, yeah, yeah. organism. It is an animal. Right? Broad definitions air of the words. Air quotes. Word animal. 
And so, as I said, they have a central nervous system, a circulatory system, a respiratory system. Uh, like, they don't have um, the they central got, they nervous system. They got the system. basic package. They they very didn't, basic package. They didn't, they didn't get any of the bells and whistles. Nope. So it's like they don't... They're no, cord, no sunroof. No, no sunroof. Cord cutters for life. Yeah. Cord cutters for life. Yeah, they don't have a central nervous system or a circulatory system or a respiratory system. No GPS. No GPS. No bones. There's no bones. No heated seats. You're not getting no serious seats. XM on that thing. They just have the outer, like the outer epidermis, the outer shell, right? It's like the, the innards. Bare minimum to be considered alive. Yeah, bare minimum. Innards and like the stomach. They're mostly held together by the concept of a living of a living organism. And so the platonic ideal. The platonic ideal of a living organism. The bell of a jellyfish is just a fluid-filled cavity surrounded by muscles. And so when it contracts the muscles... Again, we got to talk about the jelly, not yep, me. Yep, the, they have to contract the muscles. That's when they go whoop, and yes. they just scoop. Yeah, the plastic bag that eats. Yeah, the plastic bag that eats is basically what it is. It's basically what it is. Each of them have a couple light-sensing cells. They're not eyes. Basically, they can perceive... Eyes extra. That's... Basically, it's what it is. They can perceive if it is light or dark... And if they have run into food or not. Well, I would argue that's all you really need to I know. I mean, fair. It's if God was the cheap middle American dad. Like, no, we have McDonald's at home. We have McDonald's no, we at have home. animals at home. Yes. We have animals at home. Plastic bag that vaguely says we have, light meats. We have, free floating, we have free floating sustenance at home. Yeah. Okay? Just, walk, just meander into it, okay? We don't need pets. That's what they call a true jelly. That's the basic package. <laughs> the yeah. true jelly. The floating eating blob. The floating eating bob. Okay. If you upgrade... Ooh, the S-Class. Yes, to the box jelly. This is the original jelly, but better. They have as many as two dozen eyes. Oh, my. That are along the edges of the bell. Mm-hmm. And have, All the like, ones that came off of the true jelly, they stole them. Yeah, they yeah. stole them. They have lenses, retinas, the whole bit. And they're in pairs around the circumference... There's one pointing upward, one so, pointing down. So, okay, so a biblically accurate check. Big, yes, they yes. have 360 degree vision. Yeah. There's some pointing down, out, and then some pointing up. They're just floating there going, don't think you can sneak up on me. Tech. I can see you. Yes. I now want Sergeant Schultz jellyfish, like box jelly, like, I see nothing. You uh, literally can't. can't see nothing. It's, it's bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> Call bullshit. They think they're the most sophisticated visual sensing apparatus in the animal kingdom. Right. I mean, well, there's literally why no you, blind spot. Like, why do you need to see that well? So you well, know which direction to drift. I guess so. <laughs> yeah. Main function is to keep them properly oriented in the water. However, okay. because they have all these eyes, they can actually go toward prey and avoid predators. Unlike our other ones that just drift through life. Just, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? That's why some of them only live for a few hours. Yes. They're on a journey to find themselves. They are. <laughs> Mostly because they don't even have a concept of self. What, what self even is. Yeah. No. It's thought that because they can do this, that they swim slightly faster, quote unquote. You know, okay. because they can actually go avoid things, you know. Move with purpose. Move yeah, with purpose. I think it's purpose. more that than speed. Still a plastic bag with limbs. And they still <laughs> eat yes, the same. Yes, but this is a plastic bag with limbs and ambition. <laughs> ah, and they still eat the same sorts of stuff. An overmotivated bag. Yes. Of, of plastic bags. Climbing so, the ladder of life. Yes. I'm telling you. Fish eggs, plankton, fish larvae, you know, stuff that's floating around. Any so. old stuff, really. Doritos, Cheeto dust, last week pizza crust. Yep. But it's hot and it's ready. It's hot and it's garbage. Yes. It's hot and it's garbage. The jellyfish aren't really fish because fish are, tend to have 
Bones. That's okay. Mostly. Mostly. <laughs> sort of. Sort of. For certain and definitions of bones. Although I would argue when I'm eating them, that's the last thing I want. So the jellyfish are fair, already going to step up. Fair. I will say that. Because even though they have all of these stinging cells, which make it clear that they don't want to be eaten by anything, yeah. you know what loves to eat them, though? Turtles. Turtles. Which is why they eat plastic bags. Yes. 50-50. Yeah. So the turtles don't have a problem with the stinging. They do not. Okay. They do not. One, because a turtle esophagus is terrifying. Don't no, look it true. up. No, true, yeah. That's don't true. do I have, it. I have seen it, and yes, it is terrifying. Yeah, they love them some jellyfish. Jellyfish practice liquid. vertical migration. What it is this is that... sounds like a corporate term. It does, doesn't it? Vertical migration. It's back to the pyramid scheme. Oh, man. So have when you... When you vertically migrate, you get eyes. Yes. <laughs> everywhere. Everywhere. Hey, everywhere. Hey, I got a box of eyes for you. Yes. <laughs> That's the intro package. Just a box of eyes. <laughs> you can sell a box of eyes, you're moving on up. You can get the 360, okay? But you yeah. got to sell the pair. They come from the ocean depths and they rise and towards the surface. Vertically migrate. Vertically migrate in large aggregations called blooms. It's a jellyfish bloom. Okay. They bloom in the spring. Yes. They fuck in the summer, right? They reproduce in the summer. And then they die in the fall in the fall. And then the eggs go down. Oh, that's where we named the season from, when all the jellyfish fall. Yes. That's where yes. all the jellyfish fall. We figured it out. Definitely wasn't the leaves. Nope. Definitely wasn't, wasn't the, leaves. the leaves. There are some species that migrate once or twice a day. They go up and down during different parts of the day. The Sisyphus of, of The of Sisyphus, yes. And then there's some that migrate horizontally. They follow the sun. Back to the how are jellyfish any different than us. Spend all their time seeking food, escaping predators, and finding a mate. Man, I hear that, buddy. Just getting in that Honda Civic with no eyes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, no. Oh, man. Oh, Headed down to the subway. Just so, mouth open, just hanging out the window. Whatever goes my... in. You're not getting to the subway. No. You're just drifting that direction. Just waiting for my big break, man. When I get, when I get them 360 eyes. So out of Lululemon. <laughs> I can see the mistakes. Oh, I can see the mistakes I've made and the ones I'm going to make. It's a perfect life. So they're talking about 2020 vision. No, it's all about the 360 vision. It's all about the 360. I'm okay. Where was I? I focus. Know. On a civic. That's easy to do when you have 12 eyes. Yes. Yep. There's no need to focus when you can see everything. Yep. You did mention Portuguese man of war earlier. Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. So these go on. Go on. These are what we're going to call jellyfish-adjacent organisms. A Portuguese man-of-war is called a siphonophore. It looks a bit like a jellyfish. So yeah. they're not into pyramid schemes. It's multi-level marketing. Much more sophisticated. <laughs> they have sort of a bulbous top with a bit of a sail that allows them to float along the top surface with oh, the okay. tentle tentacles falling going down. But what's the eye situation? They have the light sensing cells again, so no okay, eyes. So no eyes. No eyes. So side grip. So yeah. No side eyes. Side but you do get a free sail. You get a free sail. That's more horizontal migration. Yes, yeah. that's the horizontal migration. The reason I bring them up is they are also a colony organism like slime molds are. Ah. Where even though it looks like one creature, it it's is multiple. It's actually multiple little creatures that have decided we are going to make our own company and you have this job and you have this job and you have this job and you have this job. Now, so not multi-level marketing. No, this Corporate is, no, this is a co-op. Uh, this, this is a co-op. Is a worker. This is a worker co-op. Yes, this is a worker co-op. 
but for really toxic workers. Yes. Listen, you know what? Marxism doesn't say anything about people being good people. That's fair. It's our siphonophore. Our siphonophore. Seize the means of migration. <laughs> seize the, yes, seize the means of vertical migration. And there's several different types, but they are they are free swimming. They're floating a bit like jellyfish are, yep. but they are a colony of a lot of tiny little animals that right. have all gotten together and have just decided, okay, well, I'm going to take this form to become part of the sale and I'm going to become a stinging cell and I'm going to be the one that helps digest food and then transfer it to the other cell. It's the Wonder Twins, but their mom went through labor for a long time. Yeah. Very long time. Form of sale. And so... Shape of stomach. Jerry, go be a stinging cell. I want to be the sale. No, no. go be the stinging cell. So a lot of scientists think that this was like the in-between before we started getting multicellular organisms, right, where it's the, we had single cells. So this is like a holdover from that's a simpler the, time. Yeah, that's the thought. They're, they think that they're, they're super the ancient. Mall. Right. They think it's that they're... one really organism. In Americans it. drove huge Buicks. Yes. It's the shopping mall of animals. It's one thing, we call it the mall, but there's like 200 things in there. All of them quietly uh, mm-hmm. going out of business. The reason it's called a Portuguese man of war is because of the sail. It's kind of the shape. It looks a bit like a sailing ship. Okay. Is the is the thought? It's one of the best known Listless. ones. The English hate them. The English hate them. They tried calling it the Spanish Armada, but those all sank. Yeah. Here's a picture of all different kinds of siphonophores. Oh, look at all of them. They can be equally terrifying. All yeah. they're all different levels of terrifying. They're all many different kinds of shapes. A lot of them live really, really, really deep down in the ocean. Meaning we'll never really see them. Yeah, as I said, they're, they're just transparent. Yeah, well, a lot of them. Yeah, part of them. Corking the dungeon. Corking yes. the dungeon. Corking a dungeon. A lot of them are transparent because right. you don't have light down there. Yeah. They tend to reproduce asexually. So if a bit of them breaks off, it just. Well, that's be- a new. That's new Steve. Yep, that just becomes new Steve. It's fine. Don't Welcome worry to about new Stevia. Their locomotion is very similar to what they call like jet propulsion, where it's they, they just squirt, right. squirt water. So they fart their way through life. Yes. Again, much like me. Yeah. Yes. The, the jet setting commune mall. Mm-hmm. And they eat very similar things to what other jelly-like Funyuns, creatures. pizza crusts. Yes. Whatever, whatever floats by. Whatever is nearby. Yes. Whatever candy bar wrappers. All of them have bioluminescent capabilities. All of them? All of them do. Okay. That's usually how they find them when they're on these like deep dives or whatever right, because yeah, they glow. That's the only way you can see them. Yeah. They think it evolved to be a defense mechanism. Yeah, if it's real dark and somebody's just shining lights in your face, it's generally considered a dick move. So right. if you don't want to be eaten, flashing your yeah. opponents. Yep. Yeah. And some scientists think that they also may that also might lure little fish. Oh, okay. Like when sure. you're down in the deep dark place. But because these creatures are exceedingly fragile, most of the time people find don't them... Don't point out their shortcomings. Right, they one, can't it. yeah, don't do that. And two, you'll see like pieces of them washed up on shore or if they're on like these really deep sort of submersible dives or whatever. Because there's some that only live in certain pressure zones. And right. so as soon as you try to move... They, they just they fall just, apart. They just fall apart. Right. They need a, a perfect balance of stressful and non-stressful work. A work-life balance. So, unfortunately, like, a lot of these, when we, like, books of different ones that they talk about, almost all of them are illustrations. Right, because we've or, hardly ever seen them. Yeah, because yeah, we've hardly ever seen them, or it was the something that somebody imagined or, you know, observed and then tried to sketch I was going to say, imagined is not 
my idea of like good science. Uh, listen, sometimes that happened a lot in early taxonomy where it's like, I have found a leg bone. And now I'm just going to completely make up the rest of what this leg bone might be. Have you ever seen, like, the old dinosaur sketches where it's it true. was the... A lot of it was imagined, okay? Like, hey, we figured it out. Like, no, you didn't. You I didn't. mean, the number of times that we've tried to figure out, like, oh, you know, you, you take a look at the skeleton of an animal sometimes. Like, look at an owl. Look at a cat. If you're just, like, just slap some skin over that, you do not come up with a cat. You right. do not come with a cat. Yeah, you come up with a horrifying monster. Which is one of the reasons, one of my favorite sketches of all time was because we know that dinosaurs still exist, they became birds, right. was a sketch of a T-Rex. They're like, but what if you made it rounder like a chicken mm-hmm. and gave it feathers. feathers and it's like the most, and it looks straight up like a chicken. Okay, if this was a real bird now, right, what would it look like? It looks like a chicken. I it looks like a gigantic like a chicken. fat chickadee with teeth. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Like this yeah, fat yeah. chickadee. Yeah. And it just makes me very happy. Like a giant sparrow. Right. Like right? an eight-ton yeah. sparrow. There's not enough potatoes on the planet. To Those wings aren't going anywhere. No. Those wings aren't doing anything right. for you. Those are the buffalo wings. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The largest siphonophore, or it's the second largest sea organism after the bootlace worm, which I'm not looking up because I don't want to know. If it involves worms in the deep ocean, you just don't yeah, want to know, nope. generally speaking. But its length rivals the blue whale because it's called Paya Dubaya, but it's as thin as a broomstick and it's just this long serpentine. So it's like a guy. tapeworm, like in yeah, the ocean. Exactly. It's somewhere between. I'm really you not to put plastic straws in the ocean. They become this. That's what we can, right. Yeah. Somewhere between 2,300 to 3,300 feet long. Or, so, sorry, sorry, that's where it, no, that's where it lives. Oh, that's where it lives. Sorry. But it's 160 feet long. It's 160 feet Which long. Which is still terrifying. Which is still terrifying. Here's a football field of, half a football field of worm. So what you're saying is that the oceans is an eldritch horror. Yes, no, the ocean is terrifying. Right. And I, the thing is, is I am deathly afraid of the ocean, and I thought, well, the fool that I am, that if I studied more about the ocean, oh, yeah. right, that I would get less afraid. No, that is not true. That, that is the, that Studying is, it only worsens. That the only yeah. made it worse. It only then, absolutely made it worse. And as you term that, today, that's philosophophobia. Just, that's just science telling you, no, no, you were right to be afraid. You were right. You were right to be <laughs> Everything afraid. Everything down there is unnerving. Unnerving. We can't call it unnatural. It's down there. Yeah, I mean, it it's, lives. It's down yeah. there. It lives. But, like, you don't, and so, therefore, it is wrong to your mind and shouldn't exist, and you don't want it to exist, so you just, it's better to not know. To summarize, a slime mold is... The closest we have in real world to an ooze, gray ooze, ochre jelly. They are everywhere. Black fur, they are everywhere. They love oatmeal. They love schedules. And mazes. As long as you make them look like Canada. That too. Now they did solve the Japan maze too, so they, oh. might, so they might be equal opportunity. Was it a Japan maze or was it just a Canada maze in Japan? I didn't look at the study. I'll have to check. Yeah, that's one of those where you're like, it could be both. Could be both. And the closest thing I could find to a gelatinous cube, yes. where it is acid and somewhat box-shaped and is mostly made of liquid, would be the jellyfish slash jelly-adjacent creatures. Very base model, equally terrifying in different ways. But back to the passive, not really an active hunter. They're just vibing, floating through life. That's what I have. I guess that kind of leads us into how do you put this in your game? Like, how, yes. do you, how do you take this into the next level? I don't know if there is a next level. I feel like... How you do you do it? How just you put just, it in there. just do it. Just put them in there. How they are is how they are. And, I mean, if you take it from the slide mold point of view of, like, oh, we killed it, and it just reconstitutes later, 
I would be the kind of person who the party has a hangout. They're given a hangout. It's like, oh, this is like my old, like the old rundown party cave hangout hideout. There's a gelatinous cube there. Oh, they clear that out. They clean that up. And there's a hideout. Okay, cool. We go off an adventure. We come back. That gelatinous cube is right back there because you didn't actually kill it. Horror movie sting. It still keeps everything very, very clean. It's just the reoccurring, like, I can never figure out where it's coming from. Because, as I said, if, like, slime molds, they disperse. And, like, as you said, we meet up at Steve's later. And we get back together. So I would just have, like, a timer. Is it a different cube? Holy is crap. it the same cube? Is it, is it Tuesday? Holy is it crap. Tuesday? <laughs> it's either that they have to leave the hideout or this is just, it now becomes the party mascot. Because you can't get rid of it. You know, it's your built-in janitor. Well, that's the, that's the glob of Google thing. Right, it. exactly. But also just part of me just likes having that is just a tiny, tiny, like, annoying puzzle. We came back from beating the evil bad. The pantry's empty. All the oatmeal's gone. <laughs> and there's a gelatinous cube in the kitchen. It's like, God damn it. Gary. <laughs> Again. <laughs> and, like, pick an environment. Mm-hmm. Pick a feature that you want. There's probably an ooze of it. Like, over the additions, there have been things that are just... Here's just just a blob of acid all the way up through, like, here is a slime ooze that's real good at breaking into pieces, called a fission slime. Here's a flare eater that chases light. There is actually a protein polymorph, that's the name, don't blame me, it's second edition, things look weird, a rare amorphous form of life that were made up of a colony of cellular organisms. Oh, well, there you go. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's straight up, it's, there it is. This is Chris Perkins' fault, so blame him. Always. The art is like a scorpion, but it's made of ooze. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, okay, why not? There's your, your Portuguese man of war. There you like, go. Here's your siphonophore, but on land. That's in there. Oh, you're in an icy area? White puddings and snowflake oozes. Oh, you're in the deli? I mean, Done puddings. Yeah. In the I mean, desert. That, that's you know? the thing. is like, like, this type of monster, you don't have to do a lot because it's just naturally sort of, ugh. It's there. It's just naturally kind of horrifying. So it's like, I don't have to do a lot of work as as DM to like, let's really up the stakes on this creature. Like, no, you don't have to. It it, it is what it is. I think the biggest thing is just treating it as the environmental hazard that it is. Right, yeah. It's it's a monster because that's how we treat stat blocks. It's, It's an opponent for the party to overcome. But like what sells the gelatinous cube, like the reason that the art has gone for and a lot of the descriptions have gone for like, you know, you see a skeleton floating in the middle of the hallway. You're like, okay, is it a ghost? Is it a, a lich? Is it a what? It's like, no, it's this nearly transparent creature that happens to have an undigested skeleton in it. Or is it the like seeping out of the cracks are these like blobs of material that like turns out want to eat you. Here's how you make it worse. You walk into a room, acid rain. It's like, on the ceiling. It <laughs> drops on you. No, no, that's not acid rain. That's it. Yeah, that's the that's it's, the thing. It's just dripping you're dealing on you. With. It's, yeah. just, yeah. it's just dripping on you. And the words, yes, the inerexable hallway. The, the cube is there. You can't go back the way you came. That door right. shut. Prince of Persia, like original Prince of Persia, like the long spike wall hallway. Yeah, it's yeah. that, but it's made of acid. It's not fast, but it's coming. It's coming. I think it's, it's as much that as it is like, oh, yes, you know, the, the dragon made of ooze, which, I mean, you could do, but... I don't even know if it's necessary. The I mean, ooze part is bad enough. I mean, you have an ooze, or you have a dragon. Like, right. that's it. Yeah. That's or it. you have 50 oozes, we never, and it's a dragon. 50 oozes in a dragon. Have you ever done a dragon episode? I don't think mm-hmm. so. 
Uh, I can't remember. We'll have to look, we'll have to look too. And if not, we'll maybe we should do a dragon episode. Maybe we should do a dragon for episode. For Dungeons and Dragons uh, podcast. Yeah, yeah. whatever. It's fine. <laughs> We're covered cubes and rust monsters and things. Yeah. It's more important. There you go. People know about dragons. Yeah, What are they, like some kind of title animal or something? Yeah. yeah. We should cover Dungeons Nest. Yeah, that's what we should do. Listen, Wait. there are... <laughs> There are, like, living dungeons. I know oh, yeah. that's a like thing. Oh, yeah, like the Mimic Dungeon. We've talked about that. We've yes. talked about, you know. And then you have things like nope, the, we the have cloakers not, we have, and the, the we, ropers. And we have no, that are part of the dungeon. We have not done dragons. We have not done... It's just, I feel like the reason we didn't is it was one of those, like, it's a little Everybody's on the nose. done dragons. Well, sometimes dragons. you gotta do on the nose, guys. I mean, but that's another place you can have the ooze up your nose. Yeah, anyways. <laughs> Up your nose with a rubber hose. Up your nose with a rubber hose. Any other parting quips, gentlemen? Never. All right. Always. Always. I'm super glad we're back, and we're hoping to be back a little bit more regularly and stuff, but thanks for sticking around, and we'll see you next time. We're still here. <laughs> thanks, everyone, for listening. All questions, comments, or topics for future episodes, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter, at nat20pod, or email us at natural20podcast at gmail.com. Thank you to Embers Tide for our intro and outro music. As well, thank you to Burnham, with three M's, for our beautiful profile and banner artwork. And thanks to Matt Will Jackson for editing our rambling. He listens to our mistakes, so you don't have to, selecting only the most premium nonsense for your listening pleasure. And thanks to all of you, our listeners. We hope you'll keep rolling a natural 20. Natural 20.